بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد الحمد لله Alhamdulillah, we mentioned in the last lesson or discussed the Nas, the text of the Hadith of Jibreel, and how the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam within this narration, he discusses the Arkan of Islam, Iman al-Ihsan. And so here, thus after that, Sheikh Zaid poses the question in relation to these arkan and relation to these pillars. So he mentions, وَهُنَا السُّعَالِ يَأْتِي عَنِ الْأَرْقَانِ الْإِسْلَامِ وَمَعْنَا كُلُّ الرُّقُلْ مِنْهَا وَذَكَرَ الشَّيْءِ مِنْ ثَمَرَاتِهَا وَذَكَرَ الشَّيْءِ مِنْ ثَمَرَاتِهَا And so, after mention of this uh, hadith, then you find the question after that will be asked about these pillars of Islam itself, the meaning of each pillar, and mention something from I, the benefits and the fruits of each pillar, I, being upon each of the pillars. And the Shaykh mentions, well, Jawab, كما جاء في الحديث عن الأركان الإسلام وعنها خمسة. As for the Jawab, as for the answer, then, as mentioned in the Hadith of Jibreel, the Arkan of Islam are five. شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وإقام الصلاة وإيتاء الزكاة وصوم رمضان وحج البيت الله حرام لمن استطاع إليه سبيلا. These are five pillars. The شهادة of لا إله إلا الله أن محمد رسول الله. And establishing the prayer, giving the zakah, fasting them for Ramadan, and performing Hajj. In the house of Allah, whoever has the ability to do so. فَأَمَّا مَعْنَى شَهَادَةً أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فَهُوَ نَفِي جَمِيعَ مَا يُعْبَدْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ So this is a negation of everything that is worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِثْبَاتُ الْعِبَادَةِ كُلِّهَا لِلَّهِ and the affirmation of ibadah, all of it in its totality is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the shahada of la ilaha illallah. Wahada ma'layan huma rukun rukna la ilaha illallah and nafi wal ithbat. Wakusabaka ma'ana la ilaha illallah laha rukna and nafi wal ithbat. And if you come in La Ilaha, which bad you come in Kolik, Illallah. And so, what we understand in relation to the Shahada of La Ilaha Illallah, first and foremost, is the affirmation there's no deity worthy of worship and truth besides Allah. And we discussed previously in relation to the Shahada that there are three prominent uh, definitions that are given for the shahada of la ilaha illallah. One of them being, that is the shahada of la ilaha illallah, yet to be ma'na, yani la khaliqa illallah. 
There's no creator besides Allah. And you hear this, and this is something that's become more, more prevalent over the years, in fact, where people ascribe the shahada of La ilaha illallah to be the affirmation, the ithbat, and acknowledgement of the khalq, Allah Ta'ala khalaq, that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala creates. However, as we know, this is a definition which is erroneous. This is a definition which comes with error. Why? Why does the definition come with error? We say, La ilaha illallah means there's no creator besides Allah. Mm. And so, so we mentioned the, the shahada, the, those that give the definition, make the definition of shahada of la ilaha illallah, meaning la khaliqa illallah, there's no creator besides Allah. And uh, the first issue of this is that this only deals with and only covers what? So this this definition only accounts for the Tawheed of Rububiyyah and doesn't account for the Uluhiyyah. And this Tawheed of Uluhiyyah essentially is what the Anbiya or Rusul were sent to their nations to call the people to. And this is what different, this is what was set as the criterion and different, different uh, was a Tamiz now differentiate the people of Haq and the people of Tawheed from the people of Batin. And we know this because the Messenger, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informed us, وَلَقَدْ بَعَفْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولَةِ وَلَقَدْ اللَّهَ وَشَلِمُ الْتَاغُوتِ Indeed, we sent to every nation a messenger with a command to worship Allah ta'ala alone and serve for the false deities. This is why the messengers were sent. And they weren't sent the ajil in the ifbat al-rububiyyah in order to affirm the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the first. The second reason as well is what is refer- we refer to as al-lisan al-hal or the lazim al-qawl. If you say, and what is what is the necessity from that speech? So if you say now, يعني, that la ilaha illallah means that there's no khalik, there's no creator besides Allah, then what this speech necessitates is that you are truly saying that if the person, if we say that la ilaha illallah, this shahada is what enters the person into Islam, then we would say that it's sufficient for the mushrik that affirms that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a khaliq, that affirms that Allah ta'ala is a creator, and affirms that there's no creator besides Allah, that by way of him saying la ilaha illallah with the atikad, with the belief that he has already, that there's no creator besides Allah, that this will be sufficient for him to enter into Islam. And this is what this definition would necessitate. No doubt this is incorrect. And that which is uh, correct and that which is... The, uh, or that which is uh, also mentioned, should we say, is another definition, which is la ilaha illallah, la wujud ilaha illallah, la wujud ilaha illallah, and there's no God, they, sort of st- they may translate it as there's no God besides Allah, or there's no deity besides Allah. This is incorrect as well. The second definition is incorrect as well. Why? This is what they would refer to as khilaf al-waqi. This is in opposition to what actually is the reality and what is occurring. And there are other deities that are taken besides Allah. So if a person cannot now say there's no God besides Allah, because there are other gods that are taken. Yani, they're false gods, they're false deities, but they're taken as deities nonetheless. 
And so this is something which is in reality is not true. To say that there's no God besides Allah and there's no deity besides Allah. Because there are other deities that are taken. Also, what's problematic about this is what? This particular state, this particular definition. If we say there's no deity besides Allah. Basically, the entity you're worshipping is Allah. No. The Salah has that, that which is necessitates necessitates that you're saying, if there's no deity besides Allah, there's no God besides Allah, that means that anything that is taken as a God essentially is Allah. And this is something which is, of course, false. Naam, this is the etikad of al-hulul, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one with his creation. And so this is why this particular definition is erroneous. Then you have the third and final one, which is prominent for the definitions of la ilaha illallah, la ilaha wujud ilahin, or la ba'budu haqqin illallah. There's no deity worthy worship in truth besides Allah. So this affirms, no doubt, the ibadah, so it doesn't just focus upon one for Tawheed and Rubiyah. It affirms the ibadah for Allah and it affirms that the ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon the haqq. That the ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in accordance with the truth. And so this is what we understand from the true definition of la ilaha illallah. As here, Shaykh, Shaykh Zaid, rahimahullah, he mentions that there are two pillars in the Quran. There are two pillars. The previously we discussed and we covered its conditions. Previously we covered the conditions of the Shahada of La ilaha illallah. Now, and we said the conditions are how many? Seven. And they are? Yaqeen. So, ilm, knowledge. Yaqeen, uh, certainty. Qubul, you're accepted. Ikhlas, sincerity. Muhabba, love. Sidq, truthfulness. Inqiyad, you submission. And so these are the conditions. We discussed previously as well what, uh, what is a condition, like what makes something a condition. And how a condition is different from a rock and how a condition is different from a pillar. And what do you understand for a condition to be? It's a prerequisite. Like, like if it's not present, then the other act is not valid. It's a prerequisite, meaning what, though? For example, for the salah, without wudu, then the salah is not valid. No. It's a shot. No. So, how does that differ from a rock and a pillar then? How does a, a shot differ from a pillar? How does a condition differ from a pillar? So the difference, the key difference is, and it's a prerequisite that the, the folks are the word pre. Now that it has to be before the action. Now before the action is, is, is embarked upon, that the, this condition has to be fulfilled. And the condition has to be present throughout the action. Now the condition has to be present throughout the action. The rukun, it has a specific, a particular time or particular place within the action of, within the action of ibadah. And then the pillar has a particular time within the action of ibadah. As for the um, pillar, then it is 
at that, or as for the condition rather, it has to be present before you begin the action and it has to be present throughout the action. So these sins, these seven conditions as mentioned, they have to be present throughout the action of the shahada, essentially. Just like for the salah, it has conditions, and those conditions have to be present throughout the action, from the pillars, or rather from the conditions of salah, let's say, is uh, istikbal al-kibla, facing the kibla. Now, it's a condition. You'll be facing the kibla before you begin the salah, and then throughout the salah, you'll be facing the kibla. You cannot now say that I'm going to change direction within the middle of the salah, now, and not face the kibla. That's the meaning of the so these seven conditions have to be done. And um, these two pillars for the shahada of la ilaha illallah are the nafi wal ithbat. Yani nafi, so the <coughs> negation of anything that is worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this word la, or the words la ilaha, the la is known in the Arabic language as la and nafil al-jins. La nafia lil jins. So it's a la which negates absolutely everything. La nafia lil jins, the word after it is mansub. Hence why it's la ilaha wal fatha. Ilaha wal fatha. So it negates, it means it's a negation of absolutely everything. So when you have this negation, it's, and you have this special negation, la ilaha, i.e., there's no deity worthy of worship. And abs- in the absolute sense, no deity worthy of worship. Yeah, the truth. Yeah, and then you have after that, and if that, illallah, yeah, except for Allah, besides Allah subhanahu wa taala. And so this is the second. This is the second pillar, the ifbat. So we affirm that the ibadah is lillahi tabarak wa taala. So we affirm that the ibadah is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa taala. This is the second. Now. Thereafter, Sheikh Zayn mentions, وَعَمَّا مَعَنَا شَهَادَ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فُوَتَاعَزَهُ فِي مَعَمَرِ وَتَسْتِيقُ فِي الْعُمُورِ كُلِّهَا وَتَنْصُرُ فِي مَتَابَةِ النَّبِيِّكِ الْكَرِيمِ صلى الله عليه وسلم التي أمرنا الله بها في قوله وَأَطِيءُ اللَّهَ وَأَطِيءُ الرَّسُولِ And so, this affair of the Sahara of Anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Now, Anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Then this is something which is <coughs> regarding the obedience to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Obeying him in that which he is commanded with. And believing him in the affairs. So believing him when he's informed us of particular affairs. So know that when, Allah, when the message of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, commands us with an affair, then we obey him in that. We obey him in that, whether that be wujub or istihbaban. Now we are because we seek to follow him in his sunnah. We obey him. Likewise, we have tasdiq, we believe in that which he's informed us of. So when he's informed us of that which has occurred previously, that which has occurred from previous nations, or that which will occur after his death, sallallahu alayhi wa from the ghayb, that we believe him in that. And this, no doubt, is also in accordance with that. And reality is that obeying the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is one and the same and in accordance with obeying Allah, ta'ala. Obeying, you cannot obey, obey Allah, 
Unless you obey the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you obey the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, unless you obey Allah. Now, when you can't adhere to one without the other, then Allah ta'ala states, obey, obey Allah and obey his Messenger. Or obey the Messenger. <coughs> now. Likewise, as mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us with obedience to him. In every affair from the, his affairs. And he mentions as a result of that, that which comes from that is al-hidayah. That which comes from that is guidance. That which comes from that is al-falah. That which comes from that is al-falah. Yani, uh, success. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, وَاتَّبِعُوهُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَحْتَدُونَ And obey him, uh, the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that he may be from those that are guided. Uh, so obedience to the Nabi, alayhi salatu wasalam, the result therein is one of Hidayah, one of guidance. Down. وَالْثَمَرَةُ الرُّكُنُ الْعَذِيمُ الذي هو أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله تحرير القلب والنفس من تعلق بالمخلوقين وإعتماد عليهم في جلب المصالح والدفع المضار. And so from the benefits, نعم, are the fruits of this great pillar of لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله. From the great benefits of this. Is that it's a means of freeing the heart and allowing the heart to escape as well as the nafs to escape and be freed from being attached to the creation. I attachment to the creation which would cause the individual, the person within their nafs, within their own self, or the person with their heart, to be from those that rely upon the creation. Rely upon the, the creation when it comes to bringing about a benefit or relying upon the creation when it comes to repelling a harm. That the individual in reality, when he is adhering to the shahada, in truth, shahada of la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. When he is adhering to that, then no doubt with that affair, his heart will be attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His heart, this is a means of purification of the heart. The greatest of means of purification of the heart. Uh, the heart is not attached to individuals from the creation. Individuals from the creation that they themselves are in need. They themselves are individuals in need. And so that's the first of the benefits mentioned. Well, thirdly, the second, Sa'adat Darin, and the happiness attaining the happiness of the Darin, the two, the two abodes, the dunya and the akhirah. إِذْ لَا سَعَالَةَ لِلْإِنسَانِ الْبَشْرِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْبَرْزَخِ وَآخِرَةِ إِلَّا إِذَا حَقَّقَ الْإِسْلَامُهُ عَلَى الْوَجْهِ الَّذِي أَرَادَهُ اللَّهِ And so, so thus, there is no happiness, true happiness. For mankind in the dunya, barzakh, and the akhirah. Except that the person makes the Islam manifest. 
and they make Islam manifest, and they practice their Islam in a manner which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from them. And as in the manner that has been clarified by the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so this is the second benefit that we have for the one that truly adheres to the shahada of la ilaha illallah Muhammad rasulullah. That's the first pillar. Then you have the second pillar. The second pillar, which is the pillar of the salah. And the salah, lughatan, yani linguistically the salah means a dua. Salah means a dua. And the definition Sharan, the definition of the Salah in the Sharia is a Ta'abbad Lillahi Bifi'liha Wabashuban and so in the shar, in the sharia, there is an action of ta'abud that is under a particular action that has to be with a pure intention in the manner that the Prophet wasallam has clarified. Due to his statement, Pray as you've seen me. Pray. And likewise, you have the definition of shari'i in terms of the salah, وَهِيَ أَقْوَالُ وَأَفْعَالُ وَأَعْمَالُ مُفْتَتِحَ بِالتَّكْبِيرُ وَمُخْتَتِمَ بِالتَّسْلِيمُ And these are a set of speeches, of, of speech, action, and actions which are open and began with the takbir and closed and ended with the taslim. They began with the takbir and ended with the taslim. We are with Aadham al Arkan of Islam, but the Shahadatin. And it's from the greatest of the pillars after the Shahadatin. Now, and from the, from the benefits of this as well, we've mentioned. Shaykh mentions two benefits. The first of them is Ishrah al-Sadr. That is an opening up of the chest, i.e. the person becomes open, as it feel the hardness of the heart, as a means of cleansing oneself. Ishrah al-Sadr. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, Ya Bilal, Akim al-Salah. 
وارحنا بها يعني او بلال استبلش ذا برير لا اسفوئيز باي واي اوف ات السكند فور ذا بينيفيتس مينشن باي شيخ زيد وعيد الصلاه is that this is for the cool the person establishing a prayer it's for the coolest of the eyes of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and likewise anyone that follows in that let's just take it from the hadith found in the books of imam ahmed where he mentions sallallahu alaihi wasallam ju'ilat qurratu al-aynayya fi as-salah and the coolness of my eyes is placed within the salah. I don't want to establish in the salah. Now, likewise, the salah is a means of protection and removing a person from fahsha wal munkar, removing a person from evil and lewd acts. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us, inna salata tanha al-fashah wal-munkar. Indeed, the salah prevents from evil and lewd acts. So these are some of the benefits mentioned here. Why Shaykh Zayd, which is the salah itself, and the one that establishes the salah. Wa man zakah, as for the zakah, then this is the third pillar of Islam. And what is understood from the word zakah is it's a means of tatir. It's a means of the word linguistically means that it's a purify. Zakah means to purify something. And zakah in the sharia the zakah is a ta'abud lillahi bi ikhraj al-mal makhsus min al-mal makhsus lita'atul makhsusa fi waqti al-muhaddadu huwa al-shari' al-hakim. And so, what we understand from this definition is that zakah is an action of ta'abud, it's an action of ibadah. So the ta'abud and the person they pay the zakah to Abud Ali, and it's actually of ibadah, drawing near to Allah. Using specific wealth. Now, taken from specific wealth. Given to a specific individual at a time that has been established and outlined by the one that legislates. Referring to who? When I legislate, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so now, it's actually of ta'abud, actually of ibadah. Using wealth, specific wealth, taken from specific wealth. What is that? What is meant by that, ikhwan? You understand? That ibadah. Yeah, specific wealth taken from specific wealth. What is the specific wealth that is taken from the specific wealth? Now, so specific, so the specific amount is is what? Two point five percent. That's specific wealth. That's what that's what you've been ordered to pay. 
from the specific wealth, meaning what? What you've held for a year. What you've held for over a specific, yeah, a set period of time. Now, right, generally a year. So what you've held for, let's say, the year, and that 2.5%. That that amount is given as zakah. And litaif, litaifatin, And it's for a specific set of people. What is meant by them? Who are the specific set of people? Those that are specified, right? to, to receive zakat. It's not just the fuqara. No, it's not just those that are fuqara or those who are Ill, uh, uh, poor. And so, from the thamarat, right? from the thamarat, from the, 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 the benefits of zakat, is what's here by the sheikh? Yeah, it's free. Much like those that outstand, that that stand up for the for the benefits from them. It's that here the nafs. Remember this: the sheikh, while bukhul, is huma khulqani zamimani fi kulli shariatil bishraiyallah. And so, the first thing is that this is a means of purifying someone. Someone's character. I criticize from someone's character from the ill uh, characteristics of essentially being stingy. I am miserly. And be the one that is focused only with money. And this, 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 this particular characteristic is one which is regarded as being blameworthy. No doubt it's a blameworthy characteristic to have. And is found and is and is mentioned as a blameworthy characteristic within the legislation. And so, when a person gives the zakat, this is a means of him purifying himself from those characteristics and freeing himself, his nafs, from those characteristics. Athanian, Tadim al Islam was said to the Muslim. And the second is. I said the extent of the establishment and the benefits, bring about, bring about the greater benefits of Islam and removing the needs of the Muslims. Now, I'm aiding the Muslims. No doubt this is from increasing Islam in this Izzah or increasing those, the Izzah of the Muslimin, rather. Increasing the, the, the Muslims in their honour. That if the Zakat, if they were the recipients of Zakat, then the Muslims may be able to and should be able to aid one another. There's no doubt when the non-Muslim, or when the Muslim rather, has to go to the non-Muslim for support, that this is an action which is lowering oneself and one of humility. And when you put it in context, these are individuals, that don't believe in Allah on the last day. These are individuals that do not give Allah the most basic of his rights, the right of Tawheed itself. These are individuals that associate partners with Allah. They, they, they fall into the greatest, or they fall into the greatest sin that a person could ever fall into in this dunya. And then you find the Muslim who's Aziz. Just call him a Muslim. The fact that he's a Muslim, he's Aziz. The fact that he's a Muslim, Allah Ta'ala has raised him by way of that. 
because he's established Tawheed. But now he goes to the person, he's in need, of, he goes in need to this one that does not give Allah Ta'ala his rights. No doubt this is why it's an affair of humility. To put it into a context, a much lower context, if someone was to insult a relative of yourself, yeah, with the most evil and heinous of words, and then you find yourself having to go to them to aid you financially, because this is, you don't have, you're not able to have that is and, so, and to defend yourself or those that have spoken about those closest to you, and you're in need. And this is something which is, no, no doubt, not comparable, because we're talking about shirk in the reality, and kufr. And so the zakah is a means of the Muslims, aiding the Muslims, and maintaining the is of the Muslimin. No doubt, that's something, that's something which is, yani in reality. There's a second benefit. The third, is that it's a means of a person purifying their wealth. It's a means of a person purifying their wealth. Because the reality is, is that ibadah can be, a person can perform ibadah, as mentioned by Sheikh Fozan, a person can perform, perform ibadah by way of three means, three main means. The badan, the body, the mal, the wealth, and the badan, and the body and the wealth together. So if a person performs ibadah with the body, that's how the shape. Now, the person performs ibadah with the body. For example, they perform the salah. This is ibadah of the body. However, their wealth, now, is a need, is a need for a person to use their wealth for ibadah as well. So they may purify that wealth. So that that wealth that they're spending is is guaranteed to be spent upon their sub-khayr coming from their wealth. Naam, the person, he spends it, inshallah, he spends it upon, he spends it upon that which is beneficial to him. However, when he spends with the zakah, that this is a means of purifying that wealth, because that wealth has gone straight to ibadah. So this is a, the, the, the second type, which is ibadah and wealth. And the third, Ya'ani is ibadah, which is done with the wealth and the body. Now, an example of that is what? Do you want to know? Hajj. Hajj. Now, form of hajj. Then you spend your money in order to go for hajj. And then the actions of the monastical hajj, performing the rites of hajj, then you perform them with your body. Now, thereafter, it mentions uh, a psalm. Right, the fourth pillar which is Psalm, the fourth pillar, which is the fasting. And the fasting were imsak and shayil ma. They are the fasting which is withholding from something. As for the fast, the fasting in the sharia, then this is the imsak and the muftirat beneath the siyab Nahar Ramadan, Ibaratillahi, Umtifan and Abrihi. As for the Sharia, then is Imsak withholding from the Muftirat, right, the things that break the fast. And uh, with the Niyyah, with the intention of fasting during the day of Ramadan. 
an action of ibadah and adhering to the command to his ibadah before Allah and adhering to his commands. So here you have it's imsak, yeah, it's withholding from the muftirat. Here we mentioned the muftirat, the things that break the fast. Sheikh Ozan, Sheikh Ozan, Allah, he mentions yeah, in, in addition yeah, to muftirat, he mentions the muftirat, yeah, so he mentions that the muftirat are two. You have those that are the direct and the uh, literal, the literal things that break the fast. And then you have those that break the fast, yani yani meaning. And so those that the things that break the fast, hisiyan, are the things that absolutely break the fast. So that if the person was to embark or do anything from the muftirat, hisiyan, then he would need to make up that fast. So, for example, eating or drinking. If a person eats or drinks during the day of Ramadan, then, of course, they have to make up the fast of Ramadan. Ma'nawiyan, in meaning, that these are the things that will affect the kamal of the soul. It will affect the perfection and the completion of a person's fast. So the person, if they were to do any of these things, it does not break the fast, However, it affects the fast being complete and in complete in terms of its ajr. So, for example, uh, the person opposing the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he mentions, man lam yada' qawl al-zur wa amal bihi, lays lillahi haja yada' ta'amu sharaba. The whoever does not leave off full speech, acting upon it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does have a need for him to leave off his food and his drink. So if a person embarks on full speech, and he ghiba, nabima, qawlu zur, yani shahadatu zur, na'am, and the likes of that. He embarks upon that and he engages in that. Or he acts upon it, so he falls into anything from the Baharabat, acting upon full speech. But Allah Ta'ala does not require for him to leave off his food and his drink. And so this, no doubt, would render the fast, yani narcos, render the person's fast efficient from that reward. Likewise, Allah is mentioned with niyyah, I with the intention. And the niyyah is from the things that separate the fast, when we talk about the fast and its definition, lughatan, and the fast and its definition, yani shar'an. So when we talk about the fast, and its definition in the, in the language, a linguistic meaning, it means to withhold from something. I withhold. Uh, as for the meaning in terms of the fast uh, in, the, in the Sharia, then it's to withhold, but with the near, with the intention. So a person, Methodan, he could wake up and not eat anything and ends up eating after, after Maghrib. But he does not intend to fast. It just so happens that, due to circumstances of his day, he hasn't eaten. He's not going to say it's not going to not be said now about this individual that he's signed. He's a, he's a fasting individual. Likewise, the individual that uh, doesn't eat, and he intends to fast. He makes intention to fast. This one is the one that is sighted in the shadow. Because of that, and thereafter, Sheikh Zayd mentions, that uh, from the 
the benefits and the fruits of this of the fasting is that it's a means of making the nafs accustomed and that the person's nafs with them within their own selves they become accustomed to leaving off that which they have love for and that which the hearts are attached to, that which the person is attached to, the hearts are attached to. Talaban limardatillah. Yani seeking the pleasure of Allah. Wa tabaan fi bayn al-thawabih yawm al-qiyamah. And longing and hoping for achieving his reward on yawm al-qiyamah. This is what the person does. So the person becomes used to leaving off the things that he desires. Alhamdulillah. Because his him and that which is the most important to him is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That which is the most important to him is pleasing his Lord. So he leaves off that which is, that which is beloved to him. Whether it be food or drink. Or other than that. After that, the Shaykh mentions the fifth and final pillar of Islam. And that is Al-Hajj Fil-Lugha. So Al-Hajj, linguistically, means Al-Qast, the intent to, to do a particular action. And so, as for in the Sharia, as for the Sharia, then the Hajj and its definition is the intention to go to the Baytullah al-Haram, the Baytullah al-Makkah, in order to establish the rights of Hajj. And in order to perform all of those actions that have been legislated. And likewise as well, it has benefits. Now, from them is that the person again, he accustoms himself, his nafs, his individual accustoms his nafs to exert himself and spend his, way, his money in the way of Allah. Spend his wealth in the way of Allah. We had hajj that the person seeks to make clear for himself or her, seeks to purify for oneself so that he's able to establish all of the actions of obedience to Allah as the nafs becomes used to and obey Allah. And this is what the person longs for. They long for the obedience. Allah Ta'ala A'lam. Now, and so thus, the Shaykh, he goes on to mention, فَإِنَّ تَطْبِيكُ الْفِعْلِ لِيَحَادِهِ الْأُصُولَ الْأَذِيبَةِ فِي وَاقِعَ الْحَيَاءِ يَجْلَبْ لِلْأُمَّةِ الْمَحَمَّدِيَّةِ كُلُّ الصَّلَاحِ والفلاح في أمور الدين دينها 
وَدُلْيَاهَا فَلْيَتَّقِ الْعَبْدِ فَلْيَتَّقِ الْعَبْدِ رَبَّهُ وَلْيُحَقِّقُهَا And so, if the person, if it's an individual now that establishes these actions, establishes all of these pillars, and is a person that fulfills these pillars, like these pillars of Islam, is an individual that implements these pillars of Islam, then by way of that, no doubt, is a means of rectification and success for this Ummah. Rectification success for this Ummah in the Deen, rectification success in the Dunya. And so it's upon the servant of Allah that he fears his Lord. And he fulfills and makes manifest these pillars. For indeed, these pillars and these pillars of Islam are the foundations of his religion. And these pillars are a means and the means of his blood, his wealth, his honor being sacred. I mean, untouchable. And so and that these five pillars are a key, are the main key for the person to enter Jannah. And it's width, like the width of the heavens and the earth that have been prepared for those that believe in Allah and his messenger. And that is the Fadl of Allah, ta'ala, virtue of Allah Ta'ala. And he gives it to whoever he wills. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses great virtue. Allah Ta'ala blesses great virtue. Thereafter, Dakar al Mu'allif Rahimahullah bi Anna Abil Anwa'al Ibadah al Iman. Also, the, the, the author mentions that from the falls of Ibadah is it Iman. والإيمان مرتبة العظيمة من مراتب الدين وأركانه ستة كما ذكرها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في حديث جبريل عليه السلام المشهور and so as for عبادة we mentioned in this text that what was also mentioned was يعني إيمان and that إيمان is made up of six pillars that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned. Uh, in the hadith now, he mentioned the hadith of Jibreel. And he mentions that Iman and Tu'minu Billahi wa Malakati wa Qutubihi wa Rusli wa Yawm Al-Akhir wa Tu'minu Bil Qadri Khayrihi wa Sharrihi Ya'ani Min Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. So it's to believe in Allah, the angels, the books, his messages, the last day to believe in the qadr of Allah, the good of it and the bad. And read that it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
All right, so for this rukun, for this particular pillar, then there are six, as mentioned, that the person must understand its meaning, the meaning of them. And so, here when it comes to Imam Billah, is that the person must believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believe in existence, and have absolute belief and affirmation of his lordship, acknowledging that which is apparent, that which is within, or hidden by way of his worship. And to believe in a manner which is correct in his names and his attributes, his beautiful names and lofty attributes. And so from the ayat mentioned in relation to the disbelief, the, or the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa ilahukum ilahun wahid, la ilaha illahu wa rahman rahim And your Lord is one. There's no deity where we worship but him. He is al-Rahman al-Rahim. He's the one that possesses all the mercy, and the one that bestows the mercy upon the believers. Likewise, Allah Ta'ala mentions, لَيْسِ كَمِفْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَالسَّمِيعَ الْبَصِيرَ In relation to the Asma'a wa Sifat, there's nothing like unto him. And he is all hearing, all seeing. And the thamarat, the benefits of Imam Allah, is that a person frees himself from having attachment to other than Allah, or the worship of other than Allah, in all these different forms of worship. And that the person is firmly upon worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely for him. Thereafter, you have the next pillar, which is Imam al-Malaika. الذي هو الركن الثاني من أركان الإيمان. Thereafter, you have the Malaika, the belief in the Malaika, which is the second pillar. And this is the tasdeeq with wujudihim وأنهم المخلوقات لا يذيبا خلقهم الله وجبلهم على طاعته. And so. When it comes to Imam and Malaika, then this is believing in their, believing in their existence. And that they're from the, creation of, the, from the great creation of Allah Ta'ala. And that Allah Ta'ala has created them upon an affair of being obedient to him. We understand from this as well, Barakallahu Fikul. When it comes to uh, Imam and Malaika, and they believe in the Malaika, then... There are two types. The belief in the malaika is of two types. You have belief in the malaika, which is am, which is general. Belief in the angel, which is general. And belief in the malaika, which is khas. Belief in the malaika, which is specific. Belief in the malaika, which is general, as, as mentioned here, 
believing in them and believing in their existence. I believe that they're from the creation of Allah SWT. Believe that Allah SWT created them. Believing in the Malayaka generally is believing that they're created from Noor, created from light. Believing in the Malayaka generally is believing in their, the fact that they are they have been created upon being obedient to Allah SWT. We created with this absolute obedience to Allah SWT. Belief in the Malaika also, in general, is also believing in the fact that these Malaika are great in number and great in size. This is general. Then you have the specific when it comes to believing in the Malaika. And this, for example, is when the individual believes in the Malaika that have been specified. So he believes in the Malaika in terms of their names, the names that have been revealed to us. He believes in the Malaika in terms of their wadaif, well, the jobs that have been given and the tasks that have been, uh, been given to them. He believes in them in terms of that. This is the specific belief in terms of Malaika. And both are required if the person is truly to adhere to this pillar. Now, from the benefits of uh, believing in the Malaika is that they have now, they have knowledge, it was knowledge of a great form of creation. And this is, this is, this is, if they have Imam bin Malaika, of course, Imam cannot occur except with ilm. You cannot have Imam, you cannot have belief in something except with knowledge. And so thus, Imam bin Malaika, meaning that they believe in, uh, in the Malaika, and thus, they have knowledge of this great form of creation. Number two, And the second is that the person allows the person to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grateful to his Lord, by way of that which he has cultivated him upon as a servant, in a way that was general and specific, due to the fact that he's brought about these malaika, and brought about the malaika in order to aid them, in order to aid this affair of their tarbiyah, of the, of the mankind. And likewise as well, from the benefits of this is the love, to have this love for the Malaika. That this Iman brings about love and this, this is the obligation of loving the angels. The next pillar, the third pillar of Iman uh, is the Iman, the believing in the books. And this is to have the absolute belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed these books. And that this is from the kalam of Allah, and that they have been revealed to his messengers as wahi. Again, Iman in the Qutub is general and specific. We generally believe in the Qutub as these books have been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They've been revealed by, by Allah and sent down to the, to the, to the dunya. And Allah ta'ala to kalam biha, 
Kolan. So Allah spoke by way of the speech. And he sent them upon his messengers as wahi. He sent them upon his messengers as revelation. This is what we generally must believe in relation to the Qutub. As for that which is specific, then specifically, no doubt, we must believe that Allah SWT sent the books that we are aware of and that we affirm those books. So we affirm the, the Torah, we affirm the Zabur, we affirm the Surah of Ibrahim, we affirm the Injil, we affirm, of course, the Quran. So we affirm these books to be revealed to their respective messengers. And so this, no doubt, is from Iman with Qutub. I'm an Iman with Rusul, as for the Iman relations to the Rusul, to the messengers, then this is the belief that the messengers have been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Mubashireen Mundireen. They've been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as individuals that have given glad tidings. They've been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as individuals that are warders, clear warders. So that the people cannot say that they have a proof against Allah after the send they've been, they've been sent messages. The first of them is Nuh alayhi salam. The last of them being Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And no doubt it's upon the individual that he believes all these messages. He cannot disbelieve in any one of them. As disbelieving any one of them is tantamount to disbelieving all of them. And disbelieving any one of the messages and the and in card of the of any of one of the messages, in the rejection of any one of the messages, is kufr. Yeah, disbelief. And so the one the individual again generally has to affirm these things about the messengers. Specifically affirms the messages that have been revealed to us. Their names and their and the, the Christmas that have been revealed to us, those that are fabricated, those that have been affirmed. As for Iman and the benefits of Iman the Rusul is that the person has absolute knowledge of the Rahmah of Allah Ta'ala, Al Aziz, Al Rahim. That he has knowledge and absolute knowledge of the Rahmah. He has knowledge of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala upon the creation by way of him sending messengers. And the sending of messengers was a mercy in of itself. An action of mercy in of itself by way of him sending the messengers. Alayhi salatu salam. The second is that the person understands that, it is that they take into consideration that these risalats, these messages, are a blessing. They are the greatest blessing that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon his servants in every time and every place. And from the favorite as well, from the, from the benefits of believing in the messengers, is that these messengers, these noble messengers, were people of sincere advice and truthfulness and trustworthiness in the class. So they have love for these messengers. They have love for these messengers because they were yani, noble messengers of sincere advice, truthfulness and ikhlas. As for the belief in the last day, Then this is belief when it comes to having knowledge, no doubt, based upon ilm. Or having, having belief based upon ilm, having uh, belief based upon knowledge. Having belief based upon knowledge from the Book of Allah, 
and is the sunnah of his of his of his prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And that the person believes that Ariyanus has a, the, the firm agreement that he will be raised after his death. And that his, his limbs and his body will be governed on this day where there is no doubt. Now, the Sheikh says, what about those This is what causes them, this is what pushes them as a causation 
for them to perform righteous actions and the causation for them to leave off righteous, leave off evil actions. As the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is incumbent upon him is that he is between al-khawf wa raja He's between hope and fear. So he does those righteous actions in hope of being of these actions being accepted. And he leaves off the evil actions in fear of or evil action in fear of him doing the evil action which will be held against him or will be held to account for. Then we have the sixth pillar of Iman and this is the belief in the Qadr. And this is the belief that everything that occurs, everything within the creation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained for it to occur. Whether it be the great, the, the greater form of creation, the lower form of creation, or the parts, small parts of creation, all of this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained to occur. And Iman in the Qadr is of four maratib. Iman in the Qadr is of four maratib, four levels. The first level is Iman in Ilmillah. The first is that. I mean, for the Qadr, is that the person has knowledge that, uh, or a person affirms and has the belief that Allah Ta'ala's knowledge is encompassing of everything. The second is Imam Kitab Allah The second is the Iman in the Book of Allah. Believe in the Book of Allah. Believe in the Book of Allah in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave anything I by way of that which we need. The third, or be kitab, the first is the kitab that which Allah ta'ala has written. He doesn't left anything from his kitab. That which has been written and preserved on lawha mahfuz. The third, from his maratib, from his levels, is the Mashiach of Allah. And the third is the Mashiach of Allah, the will of Allah Ta'ala. For that which Allah Ta'ala will so occur, will occur. And that which Allah Ta'ala will so occur, it will occur. And the fourth is Iman and the Khalq, Khalq Kullashi. And the fourth level is that a person believes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that has created everything. And now this is in relation to the Qadr and the belief in the Qadr. Now, and so, as for the proof, was mentioned in this regard, Allah Ta'ala mentions, and He has created everything and has given everything in this due measure and, and declared it or declared everything and ordained everything in this due measure. Likewise, as mentioned in Sahih Muslim, and Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As 
رضي الله عنهما قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن الله كتب مقادير الخلائق قبل أن يخلق السماوات والأرض بخمسين ألف سنة I saw his mentioned by Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. He mentions, I heard the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say that indeed Allah ta'ala has written that which will occur from the maqadir of the creation before anything, before anything from the heavens and the earth was created by way of 50,000 years. So 50,000 years before anything was created. And, and, and the source other than that. And we have texts which are clear and indicate this affair of the makhluqat, of the makhluqat for the creations. That which occurs within that, with the creation itself, whether that be the creation of the, of the higher regard or lower than that that all of these things are from the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the thamarat, we'll go straight to the thamarat, from the benefits of belief in the qadr, is that a person relies upon Allah and he directs his affairs back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He directs his affairs back to Allah because he is the one that has control over all affairs. And so any need that a person has, if a person has a need to relieve them of a harm, then they go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They go back to Allah. Likewise as well, al-ibti'ad wal-hadr min al-wakwa' fi al-ujab. Idra yahsul al-insan ala barad, ala baradihi min hajati al-deen wa dunya. Likewise as well, when a person that has knowledge of the Qadr and belief in the Qadr of Allah, it causes them to, and it causes them to they should be distanced from urjab, yani amazement, and the self-amazement that may occur when a person is granted something of good because he knows that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained for this, ordained for this to occur that he has it. And so it's not from his own self. Because if Allah Ta'ala wished for it to be taken from him, whatever good has come, then it will be taken. And so the person is free from this affair of urjab, this affair of self-amazement or amazement of anything that has come to them without it being ascribed to Allah. And so we have the final level from these levels of deed. And this is the level of al-ihsan. At the level of Ihsan. And the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned the Ihsan, his definition of Ihsan, Ihsan, ta'budu Allah ka'anaka turah. Fi'illam tukun turahu fi'innuhu yaraq. The Ihsan is to worship Allah as if you see him. But you do not see him, but he sees you. And so the meaning is that you worship Allah and you are well aware of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. And so, this is a, this, this, uh, this ilm that you have of Allah and this manner in which you worship Allah informs the way that you worship Him. 
And you worship him with this level of yaqeen. When you have yaqeen about something, or when you see something, have the eye of yaqeen, witness something, this increases your uncertainty. And when a person worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has this, this degree of certainty that when he worships him, that he is certain Allah ta'ala is this, he is certain of Allah ta'ala being the Rabbul Alameen. And he, this is what informs the manner in which he worships Allah. He worships Allah as if he sees him tomorrow wa ta'ala. And then that which is also mentioned is the maraqaba of Allah. But did you not see him as he sees you? And some of them they mention uh, the statement from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith. They divide it into two types, or divide it into two. The first being, The first being to worship Allah as if you see him. The second being, The second being that indeed you don't see him, but he sees you. And they mentioned from them, Shaykh uh, Abdullah Bukhari, he mentioned them of two types. And that the first, and to worship Allah as if you see him, this is the higher of the two levels. And so you worship Allah as if you see him. If that is not, if that is not possible for whatever reason, then you worship, then you know for certain that Allah sees you. That's a second, a, lo a slightly lower level. But all of it being from Ihsan. Allah Ta'ala mentions, And be upon those that are from Ihsan and do good. Indeed, Allah has love for the Muslims, those that are upon Ihsan. And Allah Ta'ala says, And indeed, Allah Ta'ala is with those that have fear. I fear Allah. And those who are the muhsinun. Likewise, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he states, Inna Allah katab al-ihsan ala kulli shay. Indeed, Allah ta'ala has prescribed the written ihsan upon everything. Indeed, Allah ta'ala has prescribed ihsan upon everything. And that concludes our discussion around these maratib of deen and these levels of deen. And insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll conclude here. We have the qadr of Allah ta'ala. And insha'Allah, in our next lesson, we'll start to discuss some of the anwa'ul ibadah, some of the different types and different forms of ibadah, as mentioned by Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab in the text. And it's, of course, explained by Shaykh al-Sheikh Zaid Ahmed Khalil. Rahimahullah, for Jazakullah khairah, barakallah feekum. وآخر دعوانا للحمد لله رب العالمين